0: Hey, friends, welcome to This Good Word. My name is Steve, your host, as always. And today I'm talking about the ache that accompanies the season of Advent. The ache is related to this invitation that the season of Advent gives us to name what we're deeply longing for in our own lives and also in the world. So the question for today is what do you want? Before we get into today's episode an announcement and here it is Uh, i was talking to a friend lately and they were talking about starting a podcast and they said you know i think i'm going to do seasons like season one season two season three a lot of people are doing that these days and i remember saying to him yeah you know i kind of wish i would have done that because here i am episode 175 (laughs) i've pretty much uh recorded and posted episodes every week for more than three years And, uh, and so then I started thinking, well, maybe it is time for season one to be over and to take a little break and then to start season two. So that is exactly what I'm going to do. My friends, uh, this is going to be the last episode of season one, which is three and a half years long, 175 episodes. (laughs) And we're going to come back with season two sometime in mid January. So we're going to take a little more than a month off and i'm excited to uh circle the wagons and come back with some new fresh interviews some new fresh content uh so that's what's going on in the meantime i will be publishing weekly content on my patreon page for all my patrons so for as little as two dollars a month you can get access to these advent episodes that i recorded exclusively with ruth haley barton for our patron subscribers and uh i'm gonna when that's done i will publish several weeks of essays that i've written uh that are all about um just sort of the pressing issues of our time so get into that you can go to patreon.com and search for this good word and you will find how to become a patron thanks so much my friends now let's get back to today's podcast All right, friends, thank you so much for uh, indulging me in that little announcement. Uh, So the question for today is, uh, what do I want? And this question is rooted in the season of Advent. And what Advent is, if you're not familiar, is it's the start of the church calendar. And so many mainline churches, Episcopalians, Roman Catholics, uh, Lutherans, Follow the seasons of the church calendar as a way to orient themselves into the bigger story of what's happening in the world. And uh, it starts with Advent, which is really the four weeks leading up to Christmas, where the point is to get in touch with the deepest longings in your soul for things to be made right in the world and in your own life. And so, themes of Advent are darkness and light, waiting, longing. Uh, anticipating the arrival of the Christ into the world, and uh, Advent means arrival, so it's all about anticipation. It's all about longing. It's all about waiting, and it's an uncomfortable season, but it's also a beautiful one because it sort of names reality that that we don't get everything we want, and this world isn't quite made right yet and we can name the things in our own soul that are maybe a little shrouded in darkness and so it's actually a time to pause and really tune in to what it is that you long for in the world to be made right and in your own soul so there's this question like if we're really going to dive into like um what do i want then i think some questions rise up in me maybe they rise up in you and that is, who am I to get what I want? Isn't that kind of a selfish desire, right? Um, I mean, can I really name that or, or is that selfish? I mean, with all that's going on in the world, all the things that people don't have, all the needs, all the suffering, all the pain, who am I to even name what I want? Uh, is that selfish? Is that too myopic? Uh, or like another question that pops up that may prevent you from really asking the question in the first place is what if I don't get what I want? Can I handle this the disappointment of that? And I think that's a really good question. I think that when that pops up, it, it, this is one of the main thing that, that one of the main things that prevents us from even asking it in the first place, because we're, we're, we're so afraid that we won't get it, that we don't even ask. We don't even dive deeply into what it is that I, that I long for. Uh, another question that pops up for me is, how can I quiet down the noise in my life to even hear my own soul 's desire like I feel like there's it 's just cut my soul in terms of getting in touch with what I deeply long for. It feels like an archaeological dig where I have to spend lots and lots of time carefully sifting through the rubble of uh, unfulfilled hopes and pain and ways that I've hurt people ways that people have hurt me so to even get there feels like man I I don't even know if I can get there in the first place so I think when you if you are going to engage in the season of advent and this question this dangerous and vulnerable but ultimately beautiful question that leads to liberation what is it that I want I think you need to wrestle down some of those things like who am I to get what I want well who knows But um, if you don't name your your desires, then you'll never get to some of the deeper desires. And I think human beings are made with longings for things to be um, intimate and for like just basic things. Uh, you long for uh, significance and to be seen as you actually are. You you have a desire and a deep longing to be loved for real, not the projection that you put up, not to be admired, not to be thought well of, but really to be genuinely loved. Um, we have a desire to be seen. And all these things are, are essentially... Um, are, are really, really good. And so I want to name desire as a good thing, longing as a good thing. Um, and, but you have to, you have to uncover layers and layers of rubble in order to get there. So I think it's a really good question. I think it's a good question to stare out the window over a cup of coffee, a cup of tea. I think it would be a great conversation to have with a couple of people who really know each other, trust each other, love each other. Um, so I want to give you a few uh, clues or keys on how to even start the conversation. Right? So, um, first of all, desire, like picture it, like, a, a stream of things coming at you, because the truth is that, um, sort of the way society is and the way that our brains have evolved our bodies have evolved is that there are literally, like if you could actually see, each desire that you actually have flowing at you like a river or like a blast of wind where each desire would be, you know, a leaf that's blowing at you, you would be utterly overwhelmed. Uh, even right now, if you, if you came aware to your desires, you would, you would realize that you are maybe desiring more sleep right now. You're tired. You want to take a nap. Maybe you're desiring time with a friend that you haven't seen for a while. Maybe you're hungry, so you're desiring some food. Maybe you're overwhelmed with people, so you're desiring time alone. Uh, Maybe you want a piece of chocolate. Maybe you want uh, uh, chips. Maybe you want coffee. Maybe you want um, just to have a little space to breathe. Um, maybe you want to check Twitter, maybe you want to check Facebook, maybe you want to go shopping. I mean there's all these desires that are flowing at you and so I think first of all you you need to just come aware to those things and say that each one of those each one of those desires that I just named, more sleep, time with a friend, coffee, food, time alone, Facebook, Twitter. Each one of those desires will ebb and flow. They will rise and fall because ultimately they're impermanent. And what I mean by that is this, we have so many desires and our brains are so capable of handling so many of them at, at the same time uh, that we don't. most of our desires don't get met and we actually end up okay. Now, sometimes they do. Sometimes you want that piece of chocolate, you go into that pantry, you get that piece of chocolate. You get that handful of chips, you take that nap, you spend time with that friend. Sometimes those desires are met. But I'm going to tell you that the majority of the things that you desire are never met and you are okay. Like that's what's fascinating that those desires are impermanent. They rise and fall. Uh, and if you're even if you feel like you want it so badly right now at this particular moment, Uh, there will be something else coming at you in four hours that if you never got that one thing, number one, mostly you'll forget all about it. Uh, Now, I'm not talking about addiction here. That's a completely different um, scenario and psychological and and chemical uh, things that have built up in the body and in the brain. So we're not talking about mere addiction. We're not talking about just trying hard. We're talking about those basic desires that we have that rise and fall. And the point I'm trying to make here is... That because most of those desires that rise and fall don't get met, the truth is that you can live without most of those, what I would call surface level desires that aren't really related to the permanent soul satisfying things that you really desire. So I think the first thing you need to do when you like, if you want to deeply get at this question, what do I really want in my deep soul? is you got to kind of recognize some of the leaves that are blowing at you and not get overwhelmed by them. But just notice, like, if you want a piece of chocolate, if you hold that desire without meeting it right away, what happens in you? Um, Or if you go get that piece of chocolate and eat it and enjoy it, what happens in you? What happens immediately? But then what happens maybe a half an hour later, right? So just, just pay attention. Pay attention and especially notice, like, Try to notice the rise and fall, especially when you don't get what you want, that certain thing that, that even if it feels really intense, the, the nature of most of these things is that it will, it will go away. And that is a good thing because we need to get down to the base level desires, the desire to be loved, to belong, to be seen, to be significant to, I think, have connection with the divine, with God, with the Christ, with grace, with spirit. Um, I I think these are some of our our deepest longings, but we'll never get in touch with them unless we sort of allow those surfacey level longings to come and go as impermanent. Um, So now uh, the Buddhists say that all suffering is caused by lust or craving. Uh, you might also call that desire at times people have, and I think they 're right on the level of this surface level desire I think that 's really what they 're talking about they 're not talking about uh, these deeper desires to be loved, to belong, to be seen, to be significant. I think in general this this uh, what when when they talk about um, all sufferings being caused by lust or craving they really are saying for the person that can't get out of that that blast of wind or flow of river of of surface level desires where they feel like they either must meet as many of them as possible Um, but when they can't meet them, there is a sense of suffering that really does happen on minor levels or even on major levels. But there's even a sense of suffering that happens when you get those surface level desires met because then you, you you sort of realize how unsatisfying that really was. Like that 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 you were putting a lot of eggs in that desire basket for that small, surfacey thing. Um, and it could be big. It could be a job promotion. It could be you know a certain house. It could be a certain relationship. Uh, it could be having sex. It could be you know any number of these things that are in and of themselves not bad. But if you if you stake your ultimate being seen, being loved, being having your sense of belonging, having your sense of significance—if you—if you stake them on these surfacey level desires, what the Buddhists would say, these lustings or these cravings, then that really will lead to a life of pretty profound suffering because you will always be desiring and never be satisfied. And I think that's what they're—that's what they're trying to say. And so when when the Buddhists um in in invite uh, meditation and self-emptying, it's so that there is space that is created so that you're not so pulled by these, um, these surface level cravings, lustings. And the meditation, the return to the breath is really simply all about, uh, coming back to the reality that those those desires are, are impermanent and they don't last, and when you return to your breath, when you return to this moment, you you realize that you really do have what you need. Uh, from a Jewish or Christian perspective, this is essentially what Psalm twenty three is talking about. Uh, psalm twenty three, maybe the most famous psalm um you know which which talks about being led by by quiet waters and the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and what that means is not i shall not desire it means that i have everything that i need like i the lord is my shepherd i have come to a place in my life where i realize that i have everything i need and there is nothing in this moment that would make my life better if I got those surface level desires met or not, and so that in that sense, it's really a sense of freedom because you are not so swept away by these um, by these surface level desires, so that you can actually drill down into some of the deeper levels to be loved, to belong, to be seen, to be significant. And it's fascinating that um, you know Jesus when he was alive in, in the gospels, it he's recorded many times asking people, what is it they want him to do for them? Or what is it they want in general? And you think about that question when someone has an obvious need, and it usually is someone that has a pretty obvious need, either they're blind or they can't walk. And then they come to Jesus and they sort of make a, you know, they sort of address Jesus usually as, you know, the son of David, the son of God, the son of man, something like that. And then Jesus always asks them this question, what do you want me to do for you? And I find that question so fascinating as it relates to getting in touch with your longing because Jesus sort of gives them the dignity of saying it out loud, what it is that they really want. But I also think he's inviting them to to sort of connect body, soul, and spirit right there in that moment with their deep longing to be made whole. Like it, it isn't enough just to address Jesus and, and, and sort of let him take it from there. He, there's, there's something about naming it out loud. There's something about putting words into space that creates something, you know, in Genesis one, it's, it's let there be light was spoken out. So words create worlds as Abraham Joshua Heschel said many years ago. Um, at least I think, I I think it was him words create. And so I think there's something in naming the desire and so in these stories that jesus uh, that is told about jesus in the gospels you know these people very very typically will just name it like i i want to have sight i want to walk again and then jesus performs the healing um and but certainly he could have done that without them naming it so there's something important about naming it um so What I'm inviting you to do over the next week or two or three or month or two or three is to try to get in touch with uh, that deep, deep desire that really is there. It's probably buried underneath the rubble of lots and lots of pain, confusion, uh, broken relationships, lost hopes, shattered hopes, disappointments, all that stuff. But you can do that. You can do that work. You might need some help uh, with, some, with a counselor, a friend, a spiritual director. Um, but try to notice some of the surfacey level desires, which are not bad in and of themselves. This desire for sex or chocolate or coffee or more sleep. I mean, we do have some needs in our life that need to be met for sure in all those areas. But as it relates to what your soul deeply longs for, that's going to take a little while. It's going to take some quiet. It's going to take some staring out the window. It's going to take some naming reality. It's going to take some watching the surface level desires ebb and flow and be impermanent. and and So that this permanent, deep, deep, deep level longing can emerge. And so uh, my experience with that is got to be very patient with that. Um, And you can't rush it. Uh, you have to be attentive to what brings you great joy and what brings you um, sort of a level of of deep pain or suffering, and then you just start moving. You just start moving toward that which um, that which remains. You know, like if the surface desires are impermanent, they come and go. The point of this question, what do you want, is to um, stay with the question long enough so that the deep longing comes out and it is vulnerable Uh, what if you don't get it Uh, okay but i would argue it is much better to name it and pursue it than to be so afraid you won't get it that you'll never name it at all Okay, friends, that is it. That is it for this episode. That is also it for season one. 175 episodes in one season. Uh, I'm going to take some time. Uh, One of the things I long for these days is just space. Um, I'm a creator. I create things. I love words. But no one can just keep cranking it out without... Taking a rest and taking a break, and so my hope is that by taking these few weeks off, uh, that I will come back with some re uh, re-energized focus for season two of this good word. I don't have a date for it yet. It'll probably be sometime in mid January. So uh, stay tuned, everybody. And I want to tell you that um, in the meantime. There's been some podcasts that I've really been enjoying. So if you're a normal listener of this good word, uh, I'm going to recommend three different podcasts that I've really been loving. And um, so the first one is Waking Up with Sam Harris. Sam Harris has conversations with the most fascinating people talking about human consciousness um, talking about uh, Christianity from the perspective of someone who is now an atheist and so fascinating. And so he, he's very brilliant, and he interviews these people that are just unbelievably uh, smart. And so Waking Up with Sam Harris, check that out. One of my favorite ones, uh, one of my favorite podcasts these days is The Moth Radio Hour, and The Moth is just stories from real people usually super short sometimes it's around a theme like loss or hope or adventure uh, and it's so funny and touching and good so uh, waking up with Sam Harris the moth radio hour and then the new season season three of serial uh, I've really been enjoying it's it's they follow these normal court cases uh, in uh, gosh I think it's Cleveland, Ohio. And it's it's such a fascinating journey into justice, mercy, um, and kind of getting behind what is right and what is a little messed up with our justice system. So, uh, man, there's a lot of other good podcast these days. Uh, as always, I enjoy father Richard Rohr's homilies. Um, you can check that out as well. He, he preaches for like six minutes. and It's the most, you know, I think my sermons are down to, you know, 19, 20 minutes now on a good day, but man, to be able to get to six, seven minutes of pure gold, uh, that is the goal. All right, friends. Um, peace, grace. We'll see you in season two. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to This Good Word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash this good word. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook, uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.